With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Drivers! Start your engines! Keep the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. Can't see him. He talks to me. He didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. Hey race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to the Drafting the Circuits Radio Program. My name is Frank Santoroski, I'll be your host for the next hour as we break down the past week in racing and preview next week. Before I do that, allow me to introduce you to the panel I have assembled tonight with me as always, Mr. Gray Warren and Mr. Richard Uden. Fellas, how you doing tonight? Doing great. Thank you. All right, we've got a light panel tonight. A lot of folks are off assignment. Uh, Seth getting ready to cover the NASCAR chase. Joey's on his way out to uh, Sonoma to cover the IndyCar finale. Uh, but uh, the three of us are here in the studio to talk about racing. And um, so knock out line real quick. Uh, NASCAR has set their chase field. Um, it was Brad Keselowski winning at the Brickyard there. A, a bit of a bit of a strategy play. Um, well-earned win, I thought. Um, I thought one of the cutest and precious things there was uh, at the end of the day when they're all lined up to kiss the bricks, Brad's, Brad's young daughter refusing to kiss the bricks, making little, little yucky faces. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I thought it was really neat. It's always neat to see the human side of those bricks there, you know, him enjoying that moment with his young family. So, But uh, looking at uh, Chase Field there, there were no, no big surprises come out of Indianapolis uh, when it comes to the chase field but uh kyle bush won the regular season championship um he'll be the other 15 drivers in the chase are as follows in this order kevin harvick martin truex jr brad keselowski clinton boyer joey logano kurt bush chase elliott ryan blaney eric jones austin Dillon, kyle larson denny hamlin eric Emma, jimmy johnson and alex bowman so uh, that's our grid for the chase and we'll begin in vegas in a week's time or well this coming weekend uh, with the chase there. So, uh, Gray, impressions on uh, the Brickyard there? A big day for Roger Penske, who's got a bunch of Indy 5 trophies, but this is his first, yeah, brick, first Brickyard. It sure was. He got got finally got the uh, Brickyard 400 trophy to go along with 17 Indy 500s and 17 Indy 500 poles, and I think he's won the last four uh, Indy Grand Prix. So, uh he, his team is definitely the masters of Indianapolis Motor Speedway for sure. But yeah, uh, uh, good play at the end. Uh, cautions came out, and uh, they, the way they fell, uh, Keselowski had fresher tires there at the end, uh, and uh, positioned himself to take advantage of that last caution, and was able to run down um, Denny Hamlin and make the pass. Uh, for the win, he lost for Hamlin. Hamlin had probably one of the better cars. He, along with uh, Clint Boyer, uh, during most of the race, and also Kevin Harvick and, uh, and and Kyle Busch had strong had strong runs as well. But uh, you know, uh, that's two two weeks so that uh, uh, the two has been able to capitalize and and win races. And I think averages probably uh, you know they they've lost a few. Uh, during the course of the year, uh, to along along those lines too, when they when they things have not gone right for them, but uh, you know, uh, 
showing a little bit more speed at the end of the season, uh, you know, the, the Penske team has. So we'll see how that translates. Gives them a little bit of mo- momentum going into the, uh, the playoffs. So we'll see what, what happens there. Uh, also, we had a had a pretty interesting uh, uh, NASCAR Xfinity race on Saturday. Uh, Allgaier went ended up winning that race in, in a very exciting race, I thought, with the with the aero package that the uh, Xfinity cars have there. Uh, I think the uh, first stage, uh, Allgaier come out of the come off fourth turn, leading it, and ended up finishing fourth uh, for as they had a four breast finish for the uh, end of stage one. So yeah, that that package really seems to work well with those cars up there and made it a very exciting uh, Xfinity race there. But uh, Algar uh, gets his fifth win of the year, and he's positioning himself to win the Xfinity regular season championship. And I think they've got one more race before they go into their playoffs. I'm not sure uh, if that if I'm correct on that. But well, um, If Seth was here, he would be. Yeah, so, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> so. But, yeah, they, they, they are, they're getting ready for their uh, – for their uh, playoff too, so yeah, and uh, that that sets uh, Algar up really well for that. Um, but going back to the uh, to the um, Brickyard 400, it was an unusual weekend. The cars uh, reported up there. The Xfinity cars came in on Friday. The Cup cars came in Friday night, and only we're going to have two days of activity there, Saturday and Sunday. But rain moved in on Friday and washed out all activity for both divisions uh, at the track. Uh, for all weekend, so they went into their Monday doubleheader with no practice and no qualifying. So it was kind of cold turkey for all those guys uh, on the grid on Monday. But uh, uh, disappointing for the for the fans. Yards a, a big event for for NASCAR, one of the majors uh, that we look forward to going to each year, and hated that uh, foul weather again for everybody. But uh, uh, good wins for uh, for the two. Uh, that's two majors in a row, back to back, Southern Five Hundred and uh, and Brickyard Four Hundred. So, and that's, uh, that's, that's two two races that Brad hadn't won before. I mean, that's a, two more right. uh, lines on his resume to put in there. So exactly, like I said, two ma- two major races. So uh, yeah, yeah, and it puts him like again, like you mentioned, the momentum. You know, they're definitely peaking at the right times, and we've seen you know uh, Jimmy Johnson in the past, and so um, this could be could be a pretty good. Uh, Playoff season for um, for Brad and the and the entire Penske. I did um, over the course of the season. That's probably that last question, uh, which uh, even if even as I watch it, I have a feeling Brad may have caught him by the end of the the race anyway. Without the caution, he was running about seven ten. But the fact that they had the, the caution laps allowed Brad to have shorter um, distance to make up, and then you know the the fresh tire advantage uh, goes away rather quickly so we had you know fewer laps till the end of the race which really comment about meaningless cars causing a caution at the end of the race right which he took a little heat for that but you know, denny's kind of always been one to speak his mind there but um about the meaningless cars you know that meaningless cars comment you know it kind of puts the spotlight on what is a flaw with the chase they call it the playoff because they want to associate themselves or they want to kind of find differences. The stick and ball, the <laughs> stick and ball. That's hard to say, right? The stick and ball sports. Uh, you know, if you don't make the playoffs, you go home. Guy from the Cleveland Browns field and intercepts them. But but certainly somebody yeah. could lose um, the the this car causes a caution or or has an incident with one of the leaders. So it's you know you know there's there's no fix up at uh, at home with four cars in. It doesn't matter if you're running a a ten race playoff format or you run the whole uh, thirty six events of the thirty six. That's part of it. It always has been and always will. It like I said, it's just Denny Denny blowing off a little bit of steam and and, and a little bit. Of, you know, he was disgusted and dis- disappointed after the race. But uh, you know, those cars have every, have every bit as much right out to to the to the track as. Uh, as he does, and he may be racing for first place, but they're racing for their position on the track uh, just as hard as he's racing for his position. Yeah, you know, he comes down to his first sport, and you're always looking out for yourself and nobody else. And that, that, that's, that's, that's the nature of the business, you know. But, uh, yeah, no, no big deal there. I mean, you know, he'll, he'll move on and, and go on. But, like I said, it's just, it's just part of the game. Now, Richard, did you get a chance to watch the, um, the Monday edition of the Brickyard? 
unfortunately, some of us, uh, some of us were working, unfortunately, on Monday. But, <laughs> no, I, but I have, I have the benefit of giant big, yeah, big screens at work, big screens at work. Yeah, uh, I tried, but I don't think I get on very well if I did that. But uh, no, I, I can't bits of it, and uh, yeah, that's sort of the perfect race for Kozlowski, isn't it? I mean, it's it just plays into his hands that sort of. Uh, you know, to strategy sort of um, run there, get on the uh, that late rate co- late race caution played into his hands perfectly, and you know you you wonder how many he'd been like the dominant car all weekend. You know, he, so often that he I don't say he gets undeserved wins, but he sort of gets these wins through just playing the game and being smart. It's uh, I think he's got to take a lot of credit for that. Yeah, he's an accomplished racer, no doubt about it. He's he and his team together. He's, yeah. his, uh, his crew chief is very astute, and uh, and yeah, you're right, uh, Richard. He, they have won uh, a lot of races that way, either either working the fuel mileage strategy or tire strategy. Yeah. Uh, down down through the, through their through his career. So yeah, they've they've been very successful at that. And I mean, you would expect that from a pen, from the Penske organization too. You know, they they're 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 deep in talent. Uh, yeah. Sure. Oh, and I mean, I remember when we were sort of at RCR when we'd watch the strategy during the race and watch what other teams were doing. You know, the two car was the, always the one you looked at and tried to, you know, work yeah. out. You know, as I say, they could, they could, they had the ability, um, you know, to take a car that certainly wasn't the fastest car in the grid and uh, go out and get the job done, which was, uh, you know, fair credit to them. Right, and 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 then not afraid to gamble, and when it, when it comes down to it, not uh, off grip, so to speak. Uh, win these races, seen that multiple times uh, over the last several years. But uh, yeah, and you know, you, you know, you got that's got to be big for 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 Roger uh, getting getting that other win there to go along with all those Indy 500 trophies he's got and Indy Grand Prix trophies. So yeah, uh, he can he can definitely crown himself the king of Indy, no doubt about that. <laughs> Not that at all, yeah. So, but let's uh, let's take a look at this chase field. We've got some really strong uh, competitors in this chase field. Obviously, you've got your big three. Uh, you know, you know, Kurt and Kevin and Martin um, are strong. We're going into Vegas, which uh, falls right into uh, the wheelhouse of all three of those guys. There, you know, Vegas is not mm-hmm. not not been a strong track for Kozlowski, but um, but you know, hey, uh, but you've got Clint Boyer as that flashes the brilliance all year long. Um, uh, you know, Kyle Larson seems ready to to break out at any time. You know. So, um, but then, then you got guys there at the bottom of there who are barely holding on, you know, Alex Bowman, good job for him getting in, in his first, um, you know, first full season. Um, but, uh, he really hasn't been stunning all year. Jimmy Johnson, again, just is, is kind of been really mired in mediocrity, but it was good enough for, for a spot in there. Um, Eric, Eric Jones has been good at times, you know, he's, he, he won a race, but I, I don't know how far he's going to, going to go in there. But if you had to look at this, and you know, other, than, other than these top guys, and, and say there's a dark horse in there who may be able to just kind of surprise us and, and win it all, um, who, do you, who do you guys look to? Well, I look into two. I mean, you know, the two, now he's, look- come, mm-hmm. he's come on strong with two wins at the end of the year. They've been consistent. I mean, he was, he was solidly going to be in the playoffs, regardless if he'd won these last two or not. This just kind of, you know, got it. And really the, the big thing for him was accumulating those playoff points. Uh, I think Brad's accumulated some stage wins throughout the year. So so he, he's got playoff points in the bank uh, to go into this. I think, you know, if you look, obviously we, we pretty much discount that, that the, the, the big three that we've called them all year will be there. Uh, really, we're looking at who might come in and fill that fourth place. And I, I see no reason that uh, – Keselowski couldn't couldn't uh, come in and do that, right? So, but uh, but beyond Keselowski, um, you know, because I was kind of putting him in there of the the non dark horse. I mean, hey, you got to look at a guy like um, Denny Hamlin, who's been pretty quick all year oh, long, sure. and and yeah. you know, a couple of, of well timed wins during the playoffs, and he could he could really steal this thing, you know. And yeah. um, again, I want to put your name out there, Eric Almora. Yeah. You know, and then I look at I look at guys like Chase Elliott too, because Chase, you know, he's he's got that first win, and he's he he runs consistently near the front uh, uh, every week. He could be a spoiler, and you know, you, you talk about stick and ball sports, and, and and in some ways, 
this 10, 10 race deal is, is, is not unlike a tournament that we're going to, and, and a team can get hot and roll through the tournament and come away with the championship. So that's, you know, we could see someone, someone get hot and do it. You know, we saw, uh, we saw Tony Stewart do that, uh, several years ago. Uh, Tony, uh, qualified, uh, for the chase, uh, which it was called that time, kind of late in the season. And then once we got, got into chase, he rolled, he reeled off five wins and, and stole the championship. Uh, has, so, yeah. uh, has anybody ever won the Cup Series without a win? I don't know. I know. No, that, I uh, think it was. Kenzie Ken had one win, right? Kenzie did with one. Yeah, he did it with one win. But I do not think in the mo- in, in modern times we've never had anyone. I think that's probably the the only time. I know. We, I know that's happened uh, in the Xfinity Series because uh, Austin Dillon won the. Uh, it, was, it may have been the Nationwide Series then, but. Uh, Austin Dillon won that championship uh, several years ago without a win. He was the, you know, of course, that was the year, the first year they put the new rules in place where the uh, the cup guys, uh, you had to declare what series that you were running for the championship in, and the cup guys' wins were, were, were negated, you know, in that series, and it ended up uh, Austin won that on, on accumulating points that year. I forget when that was. It may have been uh, fourteen, wasn't it? Or 13? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, four, somewhere along in there, he won the he won the championship five that route. So yeah, yeah, because yeah. it could be interesting. You know, one of those guys, you know, especially with the way the playoffs work, you know, some of the top guys have a little bit of bad luck throughout the season. You know, I mean, what- Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. But say, you know, hypothetically, Harvick and Bush and Truex all get knocked out in the first round by, you know, some capitulation. Yeah. Then, you know, they can go win the remaining, excuse me, half dozen races. Yeah. And, uh, it would really you know, a Hamlin or, a, or an Amarola or, you know, yeah. somebody like or even a Jimmy Johnson can just sort of, you know, plod along and, and get a few top fives and the top threes here and there. Yeah. And come instead, they can finish third or fourth and still win the championship. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It really takes some really extraordinary circumstances for that to happen because you'd have to go, you know, you go into Homestead and 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 to do that, it would be, I mean, that'd be some extraordinary circumstances in multiple places that would allow someone to do that. Oh, so, for yeah. sure. But hey, but it could happen. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we all sure know. Right. We all yeah. know how that normally works out. Don't that's, we? that's right. You know. Yeah, it's but, all yeah, uh, it's all it's all mathematically possible. I mean, every every sure. racing I think every racing series is actually mathematically possible to win the championship yeah. without a win. But it's just it's just very very difficult because uh, you know there's there's an advantage to winning, which is why race drivers like to win and, races. So and you throw in, throw in those those bonus points that these guys have accumulated, you know, over the over the uh, season too. So all that comes into play as well but you know looking forward to homestead i'm not homestead but looking forward to vegas that we're going to do this weekend you know you, you said at the start of the show that you know it's uh it really plays into the hands of the of the big three the you know the, these intermediate tracks have been in their wheelhouse uh all year long so no reason to think that uh, those guys aren't going to be the favorites going going into uh to vegas this weekend you uh you wouldn't uh you know, we, obviously we discussed it all last week at some length, but with the, uh, you know, 78 shutting down next season, you wonder how much resource they're going to put in between now and the end of the season. I or think is they're sort of, or is they're pretty much just on a, you know, a park and ride sort of system now, just get through the end of the season? I think that these guys have, have, have it, you know, they're going to put their best foot forward. I, I, I think that, you know, they know this is their swan song. 
Obvi- you know, we, we do think of them as a little bit lame duck, but I, I think because this is their this is their go out on top uh, and and go. They're going to be one. Obviously, they're going in going in this deal as one of the one of the favorites. They know how to do it. They did it last year. Like I said, they can get hot too. I think too. You know, they're fighting with their emotions. Obviously, uh, you know they and you don't know how if they're going to interfere in what they're doing. You would hope that these guys would just say, okay, you know, we already know what's going to happen. There's no there's no uh, uh, you know, suspense is over. They know they know the team is going to be disbanded at the end of the year, so they know that's gonna that's gonna happen. So there's no surprises there. So I mean, you know, they can they can go one of two ways. They can they can they can uh, suck it up, and these guys are going to find jobs. You know, they, they they'll be uh, the the vast majority of them will be will be uh, will be well sought after. They're they're in a good place. You know, from that professionally, they're in a good place. If they can just, you know, that all side, motions aside and, and go, they, they can be successful. They haven't been as strong overall as they were last year. Obviously, the, the, the 18 and the 4 have had something to say about that. But still, they, they, they have dominated races in the same fashion they did last year at, a, at times this year. So I look for them to, um, to go out. And they fell out of the Brickyard 400 early. They were the first car out. But they had a brake failure. But... Um, you know, I'm thinking. You know that 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 other team suffered brake failure there too. Brake, uh, I think that was just a, a bad choice uh, in in the brake package they used uh, there. Uh, several other teams had some brake issues there, not unlike what we see at Poe from time to time. So I think they can write that off and move forward. Yeah, I don't see them putting any less effort into with a you know with a cup on the line oh, there. Yeah, I mean, it's still. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's still there's still a big it's a big paycheck at the end of the chase, uh, you know, to to win paired to just just phoning it in, and you know what? Yeah. If you're walking away from the sport, wouldn't you like to walk away with a pocket full of money? You know, oh, sure. knowing that knowing that you have the opportunity to do that, well, yeah. and, and your and your futures, I think one of those guys is as good as they as they were last year. So that's just my thought. Well, obviously, you know, we hear all the rumors of where, where Cole Pern and, and, and Truex are going to go. Obviously, I think it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to end up at, at Joe Gibbs. And I'm sure that uh, Cole Pern will have uh, be bringing some of his guys along with him to, to fill roles there. And I'm sure they'll be welcomed uh, to come in there. I mean, I mean, you know, some, you, you know, play all or nothing type of, proposition and why wouldn't you i mean you you if you can get those guys in a turnkey package why wouldn't you accept them and bring them into your to your organization and set them up in, in equipment and say hey guys here it is go do it and uh i think they would but you know uh, one of the things that's kind of perplexed me this week is you know everybody is preaching all the gloom and doom about nascar all year long about attendance being down and and uh TV ratings being down and all that, and, and they, they want to tie this to the 78 team uh, going out of business. And I think I think that part of the equation is a little overblown. I think that, you know, sure, it's got problems, but I don't think that is totally what's led to the demise of the 78. We, we talked about this last week. I think there's a, there's a lot more at play than, than what the – the mass media wants people to believe that this is this is a byproduct of NASCAR somewhat decline. But I think there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of things going on. You know, we, we talked about uh, Martin Truex's contract being up for renewal at the end of the year, Toyota's contract being up for renewal at the end of the year. There's other things that have come to light uh, lately that uh, their alliance fees from Joe Gibbs were going up and that um, Barney Visser, had put a lot of his own money into this thing. Now, obviously, they did lose Five Hour Energy, and that was one of their uh, main sponsors. But, but you know, they could a championship team like that could replace Five Hour Energy with with one or more sponsors to take up that gap. I just think that that, along with family pressures uh, that are coming coming toward uh, Barney Visser. Uh, for having having to invest so much of his money and his family's money into this operation, it just comes a time that you look at the big picture and look at your return on investment, and you see this may be the time to get out. 
You know, he he came in, he did what he wanted to do, he proved he could run a single car team a thousand miles away from from the hub of, of, of stock car racing. He could win races and to prove and I think he looked at this looked at the thing and decided that this would be the best time uh, to get out. Yeah, and I think you still need to remember that that you know, even though they they did win the championship and they are prolific winners on the circuit. They're still a rather small compared to the the juggernaut teams out there, you know. And and so the fact that that Barney Visser has decided to close up shop is not indicative of the sport being in trouble. I mean, this is. I mean, now now if you go back to the to to the cart days when you saw Penske, Ganassi, um, <laughs> Fernandez. Uh, and Andretti all leave the cart series to join the IRL. Yeah, then you knew, then you knew cart was in trouble. You know, yeah. it's it's. But this is you know, it's. I don't want to downplay their yeah. six against, but it's not as if that um, you know that um, you know that Hendricks is is closing shop or Penske's moving elsewhere. Yeah. It's still a smaller team. It's it's you know the. A little small thing, but uh, I don't think it's taking over the overall health of the sport. To your point, Gray. Yeah, and Richard can speak to this too. And we talked about this. You know, Richard knows what they were up against from from an from an engineering standpoint, having to uh, to fight and compete, even though we're, they were an alliance team. But Richard can speak to what it, what they had to go through to, to to compete with the big boys. Yeah. And- in a way, uh, this is going to sound it sort of uh, opposite of what we've just been talking about. In a way, they, they probably had it. I don't want to use the word slightly easier because that's wrong, but they were certainly an advantage. And I think when they were an alliance of RCR, I saw that because you know, they won uh, won Pocono in fifteen. They may have won two races in fifteen. I I can't remember now, um, but. Uh, you know what? What they were typically doing was they would obviously take all the, excuse me, R and D that RCR was doing, or in the last few years, Joe Gibbs was doing, and you know you manipulate that and and sort of massage it a little bit and uh, just just make it better. They had the they put their resources into the, for want of a better word, the fluffing and buffing of the cars, whereas. You know, the, the main manufacturers, the Gibbs, the Hendricks, the RCRs, the Pella, they would spend all their resources just getting the thing out the door. And then Furniture Oak could come along and say, oh, well, we're just going to, you know, they had the budget of probably, they had the biggest budget of any alliance team in NASCAR. And they probably had a bigger budget of some of the non-alliance teams in, in NASCAR. You know, they, they had a considerable budget, which I think probably has a lot to do with the fact that they're pulling out. Um, so they could spend a lot of time, you know, working on parts and modifying them and, and getting the optimum out of it. I mean, I remember, you know, without going into too many details, you know, RCR, we'd get a car back from Furniture Row and we didn't recognize half the parts and the time we got it back, you know. Uh, so it was it's a little bit of a strange situation that they went through. Um, and I think I think they're a victim of just spending too much money. I, as, as we said, I don't think it's indicative of what sport is in, in 2018. I think it's just they've they've bitten off more than they can chew, and when the sponsorship gets a little... That's the point I was trying to make, that they they they, they invested a lot of their own money, uh, more than they probably intended, in, into this operation, because obviously, like you said, they could take things and kind of cherry-pick uh, what, the, what they want to do, and in a lot of cases, they would make some improvements... To, and one of the guys, when when uh, one of my friends, Joe Gibbs, when when they first went on with them, he was was going to be more workload on them. And I told him at that time, I said, "You'll be surprised. You'll benefit as much from the alliances uh, from them as as they will from you." So yeah, and it and that proved to be a uh, 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 fact that uh, yeah, you know. But you but you look at the overall record on that team. That little small team. They won. They've won so far seventeen races in in the Cup Series and, and a and a championship. So yeah, you know, and even in, in even what's going to become a brief history, uh, that will be uh, uh, a pretty good resume. Absolutely. So before we the IndyCar uh, Championship and Formula One uh, news that we have as well, let's let's go ahead and uh, preview Vegas for a second um, and uh, pick up some uh, winners for uh, Vegas. So. Um, Richard, who do you like for Vegas? 
Let's let's make an interest. Let's go, Joe Logano. Okay. All right. And and Gray. I'm going to pick the guy we've been talking about for the last 15 minutes. I'm going to pick the 78 team is going to is going to rebound from a disappointing uh, uh, Brickyard 400, a disappointing uh, Darlington, and uh, and claim the race at Vegas. Uh, firing off. All right. Then I'll and then I'll take Kyle Busch and say that he throws down the gauntlet. Uh, he doesn't want to be the first guy to win the regular season championship and not take it all the way to the cup. So, uh, um, as do you, do you remember last year when Martin was presented the regular season trophy, and he he, he had had a bad day at Richmond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah and he was just uh, you know it just seems kind of hollow. And then the thing with Kyler, he had a pretty he had a pretty rough day at Indianapolis. Didn't work out the way he wanted to. But then he's and I don't know what accolades will come with that in the future you know it's like uh i was actually i watched the end of the race um at a bar i had left work and went to a to a uh, went to a local local watering hole to watch the end of the race and there were a couple guys traitor huh traitor well i i can't drink in my own bar because i run it so yeah, <laughs> yeah so i wanted to have a beer for the end of the race okay sue me <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so and there were a couple of guys that were watching the race, and then and the one guy said, "What the what? What are they giving Kyle Busch a trophy for? What's going on here?" And I and I to the this gentleman that as a regular season champion, you know, they gave Martin Truex one last year, and, and said, I, I, when I said they started that last year, he just thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the world. He said, "What's that? Like a participation trophy?" I'm like, "No." I said, "It's no different than say you win the AFC." And you get to go to the Super Bowl, but if you don't win the Super Bowl, you're just the AFC champion. You know what I mean? So that's because they try to, again, equate it with stick and ball sports. But I think the future will hold to see how significant it is to be the regular season champion because the first guy, you know, went on <laughs> to trump that with the cup. But um, it'd be interesting. I think, yeah, I think the only significance will ever become is if you don't go on to win this. Right. Right. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out if you win this and win that. So. It'd be an asterisk. Nobody will remember unless you look it up. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So, yeah. But, but anyway, so speaking of champions and championships, the IndyCar Championship will be decided this weekend. We've got uh, Ford mathematically alive, um, towed to the uh, to the Astro Cup than the other two. But Scott Dixon, who has uh, got a pretty decent path to his fifth championship, He'll be the first guy to win more than four championships. And Richard said, there goes my link. So, <laughs> I've been saving it. NASCAR to F1, it was a perfect link, but carry on. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you what, Richard. Just because I like you, we'll revisit NASCAR for one moment and then switch to Formula One. So. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That's just because... You're my boy, and I like you. So, but anyway, so uh, and then Ron, Ron uh, has their chance at winning this championship. Uh, the third and fourth place guys, um, New Garden and uh, Willpower, uh, both are tied in points. So they've they've got the same championship scenario, uh, which their championship clinching scenario pretty much involves Rossi and Dixon cr- and crashing into one another in the opening laps, and then they have to win. Nothing. I mean, they both need to win and have Dixon and Rossi finish way down in the order. But um, Dixon's concerned, second place clinches it for him. So that's, in itself, it's a bit of a tall order to say, hey, you know, go ahead and run out there and finish second as, as um, you know, as competitive as the IndyCar field is. And you've got uh, other guys out there who haven't had a win this year that are that are itching for one. And, you know, maybe they're not worried about uh, – uh, you know, like like a Graham Rahal is not really too worried if it goes to Dixon or you know Snor Rossi. So it's gonna it's gonna play. It'll be the last finale at Sonoma for the time being because the finale on next year's schedule moves to Laguna Seca, which is the well, side of the season ender uh, in the kart series for a number of years before they moved it to Fontana. So um, Richard, even on the IndyCar title battle, you, you've got uh, you've got yeah. any, any thoughts, any insights? Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's Scott Dixon's to lose, as you said earlier. Um, you know, with the the way he just sort of knuckles down and and then gets the job done, I, I really can't see any other um, you know there are any other set of circumstances. But um, you know, 
the interesting thing is, again, we talked about it in other, you know, almost like the Kazowski situation, you know, the ability to take a car that's the fastest car in its day. And, and, you know, how many times has he qualified 15th or 16th and finished third? You know, that's what wins your championships, not necessarily, you know, qualifying on pole in the race, because you're going to have bad weekends. It's the ability to go from, I say, from like mid-pack, you know, through to the podium, which uh, I've done it countless times this year, never mind throughout his career. Well, yeah, uh, and even I, even if you look at you know the last race in in Portland, his day was almost over before it began, and but he was smart yeah. enough to keep the ring, and yeah. and just and instead of just saying, "Oh well, I lost it," yeah. he was right there at the end of the day and finished ahead of Rossi and actually extended points lead instead of, uh, yeah. yeah, amazing, you know, and exactly. That's, and that's, no, it's, it's 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 good to watch, you know, and it, it's sort of. It's uh, it, it's in, inspiring in a way to watch guys when they do that. You know, they just plug away and they do the hard grind. And uh, and no, you you've got to give credit to the guy. And uh, you know, talk about making the out of what you get. You know, the hand you get get dealt. He's uh, he's certainly uh, you know up there with those guys. Yeah, and then of course every year around championship time, uh, you know they start talking about uh, Dixon and his how he's just you know be so low-key, right? He doesn't really like to put himself out there. He doesn't like a lot of on himself, right? And he's yeah. just so low-key, but if you just start to look at his accomplishments, you know, he just been slowly climbing up the wind ladder. This year, he passed Michael Andretti, who was Michael Andretti was the winningest driver in the history of the kart series. The only guys ahead of him are a guy, a guy named Mario and a guy named AJ, and everyone's heard of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're not too shabby. Yeah, yeah, and so so you figure in how long have uh, those guys been out of the sport. So Dixon's been the dominant driver, you know, since the, the early 90s. Um, you know, yep. sure, he, you know, he, uh, he, he's, he's been, been in it for a while. Um, he's under 40, believe, yep. it or, believe it or not. You know, you've got uh, guys that are older than him. He's still, he's driving at, at the peak of his career. Yeah. Still, I mean, every you know, whenever you think he's slowing down, he wins another championship. You know. Yep. So, um, so Gray, you're back with us. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, Richard and I just talked about Dixon a little bit. So let's uh, let's let's have your comments on the other guy that's going for this championship. Uh, the much younger, newer, to, you know, a, a more difficult path to the championship. He needs to. He pretty much needs to win, and then have Dixon. Um, fall a bit farther back down the order. But if Dixon has a bad day, uh, you know, Rossi can miss with a top five or top six. I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios that go on, but he definitely needs to finish a couple spots ahead of Dixon. Well, you know, I think when you talk about Rossi, you're talking about probably the hottest drive at or near the front and just about every race he's run this year. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's been a little bit controversial at times, but he's been he's been the hardest charger to me, of, of really uh, anybody in the entire in the entire field. So yeah, he's his driving and and the way his team has performed have positioned him with a good chance to win that championship. And I expect him to go out and 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 dominate races like we've seen him do this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, you, you you know, Dixon knows what's ahead of him. Dixon needs to run his race. Uh, whether that's going to be a calculating race, him and his him and his team uh, strategist uh, go out and and put a good car together, a good solid car together to keep him at or near the front. Uh, I think Rossi's uh, knows what he has to do. He needs and uh, try to lead and lead as many laps and, and and win the race. And then to your point, you know Rossi's aggressive nature. This is, of course, the the. Worst case scenario, right? Rossi's aggressive nature. They both qualify up front and happen to Rossi has to get a little too aggressive to make the mouth. That could open the door for Newgarden and or Will Power to steal this thing, although it's highly, highly unlikely. But we've seen stranger things in racing. Uh, like if you just back to 2015, you know, mm-hmm. Dixon's last title, you had Will Power and Juan Montoya running first and second in the championship take one another out that opened up the door for Dixon to steal that one. And yeah. then even if you look at the guy we're going to talk about a little later tonight in the show, Kim Aikinen, when he won his championship, he was the kind of the dark horse, needed the, everything to align right, and, and he was champion at the end of the day back when he won his. So uh, so anything yeah. anything that happens is going to be exciting. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I've never felt that Sonoma was the – 
the, you know, the, the ideal the, for the season ender. You know, I like the years they had yeah. him on ovals, but uh, the fact that we're going back to Laguna, I always liked him at Laguna, but it'd be interesting to see how the new cars run there, and we'll find out in a year's time. Yeah, well, you got, you got, you got, you got two different uh, strat. You got aggression and 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 versus consistency. And that's what's that's what it's going to be. You know, both guys know what they've got to do. I, I don't think you know Dixon hasn't shown a, a tremendous amount of speed this year. He's been, like I said, that they've been consistent uh, week in and week out, and have, and have taken advantage of what they've been given. Uh, and that's he's parlayed that into a championship. Again, you know, uh, uh, to me, if they had to pick a most popular driver of the year, it. Rossi's got to be the one because he's been, to me, he's been the, the star of the season in IndyCar. Absolutely, yeah. But if you had to pick a most popular driver this year, I would say, because I want to talk about Robert Wickens a little bit. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, Robert Wickens, he, he came in and quickly captured the hearts of the IndyCar fans. People so quickly. And, and the team, you know, about a week ago, they – there are a couple of reporters that were erroneously reporting uh, news about his condition. You know, so the team released a statement with a full list, um, and there it, it's fairly extensive. I mean, it's, it's not good, but but the, the the big thing is the spinal injury is still inconclusive. These things take time, but uh, I, I think that um, it's so you know, disappointing that this has happened. I think you know when it comes to any most popular driver, Paul Hill win it hands down. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know Rossi has kind of divided. There are people that, that love Rossi, and there are people that can't stand him. But it seemed like everybody has really warmed for Wickens really quickly. Not just for his ability on the track, but the guy personality-wise. I mean, he's yeah. he's every bit as charming as his good buddy James Hinchcliffe. And then, you know, and just like I said, I've never met a Canadian in the area, so uh, still thinking about Robert and wishing him well. So, but with that being said, I want to leave some time to talk about Formula One. Uh, but let's uh, let's pick uh, a winner for Sonoma and a winner for the championship. And I'll start with you, Gray. I'm going to say Rossi uh, does what he has to do and claims the championship. Of course, it, 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 this is going to be double points, right? Yep, double points. Yep, I'm going to say Rossi comes from behind, uh, goes there, dominates the race, and uh, and wins the Astro Cup. Okay, and and Richard, how do you see this playing out? I think Dixon's going to win the championship, and I think uh, I think it's easily. Okay, all right. I've got a really different scenario in mind. And this this is only because, and I ended up being in the top ten in points. And the for the whatever, I mean, this is just a really simple league. You just pick a, you just pick your winner week in and week out, and they compile your points. You know, if the guy you pick wins, you get the maximum points. If the guy you finish second and get second place points, but at the end of the the year, the the in the top ten, right, gets to pick a driver to win, but everyone in the top ten has to pick a different driver, and I picked late. <laughs> so Rossi was gone, and Power was gone, and New Garden was gone. So I went ahead and picked Zach Veach in league. Because I can see, you know, while these other guys are running for a championship, a, a, a guy coming out of the woodwork and winning the thing. So I'll, I'll say that Dixon wins the championship and Zach Veach surprises by winning the race. Although the league, but Veach has been running well. So uh, with that being said, I guess, Richard, we have to revisit NASCAR for just a second. <laughs> so, and the only thing I want to say about NASCAR is, let's talk again about that Xfinity race real quick. Uh, because that was very entertaining. And last year... It was very entertaining at the Brickyard. So, what are what are your thoughts as far as are we going to get a very similar package for the Cup cars at the Brickyard? You know, they they have been looking for something to spice up that race, and and the Xfinity guys are putting on a damn good show. Um, I mean, is this like you know, say, hey, what what do we need to do to get that on the Cup car? That was uh, that was the modified aero package there again then at Indy, the same one as they ran last year, and similar to what the Cup cars ran at the uh, All Star race. Then, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I I don't know what it takes to to get them on the cars. I mean, my only my only concern is you've got to find that balance between turning. You know, you've got to entertain, but you've also got to try and you know not turn every race into a you know a super speedway race. With pack racing, you know, you've got to, 
Uh, Indian's a bullet there, they've got to play, I think. Uh, Indianapolis is a super speedway. Well, well sorry, you know, the <laughs> Daytona's and Talladega's. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think that... I'll give you that I one. Don't, I don't think that the Xfinity racing was similar to, um, you know, what you see at Daytona and Talladega, but, uh, I, <laughs> you know, I mean, the cup race itself was, was pretty darn entertaining. I thought it was a good race, you know, so, anyway. But, um, so, Richard, you have a segue to... For- Yo, I only just uh, I only just saw this earlier, but everybody else out there has seen the uh, the Twitter back and forth between Jimmy Johnson and Fernando Alonso this evening. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No. So there's a so there's a video um, out. I'm going to plug um, motorsport.com for uh, for uh, posting this, but um, it's basically a, like a, a FaceTime video of uh, Jimmy Johnson and Fernando Alonso going, you know, backwards and forwards between each other. And, you know, Jimmy saying, oh, you know, I hate my spare time on your hands. There's some pretty good racing. You should come over here and try some of it out. And Fernando Alonso says, oh, well, you know, Jimmy, you should come over here and check out some of our stuff. And Jimmy said, oh, yeah, um, I see, because NASCAR will be racing the weekend of Texas. But I didn't know if, you know, there's a vendor that, you know, Jimmy would drive an F1 car at, uh, you know, Austin or something like that. Quite an interesting little sort of, especially with you know the, the strong rumours, obviously of Fernando coming over here for IndyCar. I mean, is he coming over here to test the NASCAR? I would imagine you know Alonso is one of these guys that that you know if it's got four wheels, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll give it a whirl. I would imagine. I mean, he 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 got a piece of uh, sports car racing in the at Le Mans and and Daytona earlier in yeah. the year. I, you know, I think you know he's one of these guys that. Uh, you know he he'll try it, and I mean he'll uh, it, it, with any trepidation he he no, of he, not. he he goes in with uh, I mean with excitement and and, uh, and and you know looking forward to it and I think he, he I think he views it as a challenge and wants to see how he how he can stack up uh, in, in those cars. I'd be surprised if we see him uh, in, in a uh, in a stock car somewhere down the road. Uh, for somebody just uh, giving it a go, either either in competition or in, in a testing. Uh, Next week or this? Uh, I don't know. Sometime in September, I'm pretty certain that uh, the NASCAR guys are testing over in uh, in Vegas. But uh, I think that would be too soon. But it was just an interesting little, you know, uh, thing for those two guys to, uh, you know, to, to sort of do something like that. I mean, I'm sure it's a marketing and PR thing. I'm sure they're not. You know, we saw, t- you know, we saw Tony and in, in, uh, Hamilton. T- yeah. Hamilton swap cars at uh, mm. at, at the Glen. Uh, yeah, and, years ago. Uh, oh, it was uh, who else did it? It was Montoya and Jeff, uh, Jeff, Jeff Gordon, Gordon years ago. Yep. They yep. did it Indy. They did it Indy. Yeah. 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 But, there's uh, there's giant pictures of that in the um, in the lunchroom at the media center uh, at the Indianapolis yeah. Motor Speedway. The, the, they call it trade and paint, and it was uh, yeah. yeah the, a lot of you know or Gordon um, Montoya. So, but uh, I yeah, think, I, yeah, you know, I it, it wouldn't surprise me to see Alonzo hop in a stock car for a test because he said, "I love driving race cars, and I'll drive anything with wheels." You know, he's the guy's yeah. in a golf cart or in a, in a, in a, in a go kart in his off time. You know, he, he, oh, loves, yeah. he loves karting. He's he's done well in W. He's going to win the WC championship just because of the lack of um, you know entries at the at, at, at the top level there. So, uh, yeah, not right. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, I mean. Conspiracy theorist would be, well, is that why he hasn't signed up for uh, IndyCar yet? Is he, you know, is he sniffing around the NASCAR drive for next year? Who knows? I don't know. I, 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 yeah. I tell you, I, because I that's, a lot of, that's a lot of work. You know, a lot of work, goodness me. But we all know how media-packed and how valuable the time of these, uh, you know, the, the, the drivers are, and especially guys like Alonso and Jimmy Johnson, you know, all that, if... Fernando's just going to jump in an Xfinity car to a couple of laps of the Roval at Charlotte or something, you know, on an off, you know, on an off week. You know, it, it seems like there's a little bit more to it than just, uh, hey, Fernando, how's it going? Jimmy here, you know. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But, it, uh, you know, it'll start the old uh, internet forums, I'm sure. Well, Certainly, I mean, yeah. we, can ob- we, we obviously know that his, his, his Formula One c- career is essentially coming to an over. Uh, and it leaves a lot of new avenues. I mean, he's still a, he's still a relatively young man. Uh, the sky's the limit. I mean, he, he can pick and choose and pretty much do do whatever he wants to do. And I can I can see him trying disciplines. Uh, 
I wouldn't be surprised to see him send a sprint car, and, you know, on dirt and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Formula One, so the the Ferrari news is now official. Charles Leclerc will be in the Ferrari, but yep. Kimi Raikkonen going back to Sauber. Richard, I didn't see that coming. Did you? I've heard rumors of it over the last couple of months. There was a lot of chatter about it, and I think it's partly Ferrari sort of sweetening the deal a little bit and, and, and you know massaging that relationship between themselves and Sauber. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Ferrari is still paying Kimi's salary and, and sort of removing that from, from Sauber's uh, you know, payroll. But you know, I, personally, I think it's a great move for Sauber. Uh, I think you know, Kimi is an experienced driver. He'll give good feedback. He'll be, you know, giving good input. And, you know, there's no doubt I'll be the first to hold hand up and say, so with me, have been the surprise package of 2018. I think the way they've gone about their business and the way they've done what they've done throughout the year, you know, I mean, goodness me, you look back in Australia, I mean, they were terrible. They weren't even in the same ball with the car. And, you know, now look at them. They're, they're consistently breaking into the top 10 in qualifying and, you know, point scoring on a reasonably regular basis or at least you know, knocking on the door. So you've got to give a huge amount of credit to those guys. And, you know, it wasn't a, wasn't until a couple of years ago that, you know, they were going week to week, paycheck to paycheck to keep the doors open at that place. So, um, you know, for those guys, Kimmy going over there, I think, almost sort of legitimizes their position within the sport, make people sit and out. And, and I, I really do genuinely hope that uh, this is the start of a, a mini revival for the Sabbath team because, you know, when Peter Sauber sold them out to BMW, probably, what, 10, 12 years ago now, it, it sort of didn't go how they wanted. And, and, you know, Peter Sauber worked really hard to save that team and, and to bring them back where they are. So he's got to take a huge amount of credit for doing that. But it is difficult. And you, know, you look at Sauber and Williams are probably two of the last true independent team form. And for them to be successful in the way they have been this year especially you've got to give them a huge amount of credit. And, uh, yeah, I think it's great that Kimmy's going to be there. It'll be interesting to see who's his teammate next year. I don't know if they've announced that yet. But, uh, you know, good. I'm really, really excited about what could potentially go on there. Itself. Certainly. Now, but there's some other lower-grade rumors, and sometimes I don't know how to grade the, the rumors that come out of um, come out <laughs> of Europe because I don't, you know, I, I can... Yeah, I, you know what? I read sources in the states. I know who I can trust and who I can't. But there's some other lower groups coming out of Europe that perhaps long term Kimmy is buying into the team as a, a part owner of of Sauber. Is it, have you heard any of this? And uh, this is that's certainly certainly something I haven't heard. But I mean, looking at Kimmy's personality, is that something he'd really want to do? I can imagine that the, the day he hangs up his helmet, he's finding the nearest bar and getting absolutely smashed. I can't see him. I can't see him having the personality to, no. be, a, to be a team leader. You, you know, know someone... Somebody that sort of, you know, what's the phrase, pushing the flesh and going yeah. to all the corporate meetings and, you know, entertaining all the sponsors. I just can't see that in him. Um, you know, as I say, I... I my only the only thing I can imagine Kimmy doing when he retires involves a bottle of vodka. I really can't see him doing yeah, anything yeah, Kim, else. Vodka, you know, maybe, maybe he'll come over to the states and drive Red Carpenter, yeah. drive the yeah. Vegas car. <laughs> so, but no, I just I, I just want to put that out there because I, I read that. Yeah. From, like I said again, it was a low grade source, you know, because you've got some. Uh, There's you know, a huge number of things going on in Formula One. You know, the the, the I, I think of all the teams, probably Sauber, actually, with their links to Ferrari and Alfa Romeo, are probably the stronger back teams at the moment of these private teams, you know, compared to the likes of Williams and, uh, you know, obviously Force India's now got their big injection of cash. But uh, it's really Williams are the only team now who are looking for any, you know, they're desperate for money. And obviously losing Lance Stroll for next year and the Stroll money, um, they could be in real trouble coming into 2019. Right, since the seventies, and they 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 had they yeah. had you know years where they were the up and coming. Yeah, I remember Alan Jones winning the three races in nineteen seventy nine, and then winning winning the championship the next year. Um, and this was a, the newer, smaller team in the grin, and they 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 built mm-hmm. that team into where they had some incredibly dominant seasons, you know. And they were they were the car to beat for years, where you had <laughs> to drive the car 
free. You know, they, they had you got Mansell, Prost, uh, Senna, all, all all dying to drive that Williams car. Um, but and and where they're at now, it's just it's sad to see them at the back of the grid, wondering where where the next. Uh, you know where the next pay driver is going to come from. The keep flow. You know it's actually quite. And sad. it was. It was an interesting article this week came out from uh, the interview Claire and, and Paddy Lowe, basically saying that you know in in 2014 when the hybrid era first came into Formula One, they sort of got blindsided a little bit by the dominance of the Mercedes engine that they had in their car, and it and it hid a number of areas of poor performance and underdevelopment within the car and and sort of they, they sort of lulled themselves into a false sense of security thinking that you know oh the car is really good well in fact it was only the engine that made them look really good and uh, you know that they've sort of um sort of backed themselves into a little bit of a corner there and, and maybe haven't put put some of the resources when they're available into some of the areas that needed it so hopefully they can they can find something that'll come in they will smart about how they work they'll get some investment i mean they've said that they're open for investment in the team but the team's not for sale which has always been the case i mean going back to the mid 2000s as mentioned earlier when uh, when sauber bought bmw you know bmw were, were very very interested in buying williams and, and rebranding them but frank uh, frank quite stubbornly refused to sell uh, the team he was more than happy to have bmw as an engine partner and there was certainly some success there in the early 2000s but uh, he was uh, he was never to sell to BMW, and right or wrongly, um, you know they they find themselves in the position that they're in now. Yeah, it's sad, but you know you you know teams come and teams go. You know I remember some of the other great constructor teams. Uh, oh, the, the Brabham's and yeah, uh, yeah, guys yeah. like that. Lotus. Bra- Bra- Brabham, Tyrrell, Lotus, the three the, the, that I remember uh, fondly. Well, you know they yeah. they all they all had great cars. They all had seasons of brilliance. They, they all had really great drivers come through, you know, and, and they're all gone now, you know? Yep. Yep. And, oh, yeah. All right, so let's talk about the uh, the upcoming race. Yep. Yep, so we're racing this coming Sunday, or we have another week off? Yeah, work. this coming Sunday, Singapore night race. Well, okay, so Let it'll be on. like uh, in the States, it'll be at uh, oh, what, about o'clock, what, yeah. 1 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, rough, roughly? in the morning on yeah, Sunday yeah. morning, yeah. Um, you know, the weather forecast is the same as last year. There's forecast for, uh, for rain uh, on race day. Actually, rain all weekend. So, could see another intriguing race. And, uh, you know, as it's been pretty much for the last half of the season, there's no point in picking a winner because it's completely random. Um, you know, it's uh, if it's dry and everything goes according to plan, you'd have to put your money on the Red Bull and Ferrari being the quicker of the big three. But if it rains, you've seen that Mercedes car, for some reason, just works well in the rain. You know, you look back at, uh, um, uh, where were we? Hungaro ring, you know, before the summer break. And, you know, that is never a circuit, you know, that you'd expect Mercedes to do well at, you know, similar to Singapore. But it rained in qualifying and Mercedes just hooked up and worked under those conditions. And, Hamilton got on pole and there was nobody, no, nobody careful of passing him. So it, it all depends. I mean, if it does rain, it's a complete lottery. And if it doesn't rain, something unpredictable is going to happen, as we saw last weekend and we've seen for the last few races. So, yeah, who knows what's going to happen? There's, there's really no point in trying to predict it. I don't yeah, yeah you're right. There really, really is no point in trying to predict it other but than, uh, other than conventional wisdom. And, and look at the season tells you um, whatever happens will will fall Lewis Hamilton's way. Yeah. <laughs> and then Vettel will be disappointed. <laughs> so, how, good is that? how good is that to say about Formula 1 that we don't know what's going to happen? Exactly right, yeah. You're exactly right, yeah. Cause... Right. It's, 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 you know, for so many years it's been, oh, Formula 1's so boring, everybody knows who's going to win, blah, 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 blah. Now it's like, oh, we haven't got a clue who's going to win. And it's, it's great. You know, that's how it should be. Uh, you know, maybe they could make the racing better, but still, the outcome is so unpredictable. It's fantastic for the fans. It is, yeah. So, and I'd be, be interested to see how you know the next season plays out as well. Uh, you know, with, with the changes we have on board. So, um, now, Gray, we've just got about a moment or two left. So, uh, you can 
a pick for the Formula One race, although Richard says it's meaningless, or you can just share a final <laughs> final thought with the group before uh, we uh, sign off. Well, I, you know, or you I, can do both. I'd like to see Vettel win it and take another championship and see what happens there. So uh, I'm going to pick Vettel, but uh, looking forward to the first um, first uh, stage of the uh, NASCAR playoffs uh, going out to Vegas. Uh, looking forward to see who wins and see if uh, see if we see any trends or or uh, new trends start or same old thing we've seen all all year. If the the, the big three can uh, can continue their dominance, so we'll just have to tune in on Sunday. All right, now Richard, I'll give you one final thought. You can pick a Formula winner or not. You don't have to since uh, you yourself cool. said it's pointless. So or you can just have I'm a final pick, thought. I mean, for the, oh, you for the hell, I'm gonna pick Verstappen. Sure, why not? Um, and as a final thought, I know we don't really uh, often cover it on this show, very rarely, but uh, I don't know if any of you out there uh, caught what happened at the MotoGP race uh, last weekend in, in Italy, in Misano. But there was a Moto2 rider, so Moto2 is like the Xfinity series and the Formula 2 series. Where, where the, uh, the guy had the other guy's handle? Uh, he, he didn't just grab his handle, he grabbed yeah, the other guy's brake lever. Brake? Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. Romano Fanati. Uh, at 130 something miles an hour, leaned over and grabbed the brake lever of uh, one of the uh, one of his competitors. Uh, he, thankfully, he's been banned, or he, he's been banned for two races, but the team he races for has been cancelled has cancelled his contract for the next two seasons. And I mean, it's just you know these days you talk about safety and you look at you know all the levels that. Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR go to to improve safety, and you know the MotoGP racing as well. I mean, you know, inherently motorbike racing is, is far more dangerous than uh, you know open wheel and, and tin top racing. But he's, you know, it's just I, I, you could all be charged criminally for assault. Yes, something. that's what I was going to say. That was deliberate. Wow. I mean, that oh. was a deliberate act to. Uh, to yeah. do it. I mean, I mean, he was in, he was gonna pass the guy anyway because he he was he'd already, you know, used the slipstream to to draft up beside him and was gonna you know take him in the next corner. But yeah. geez, you know, he went up there and just just I mean, it was the, the all the video I see, it just shows him grab the brake pedal and you see the guy the guy with it has his brakes applied gets real light in the rear, you know, and he yep. he, he he gets gets his bike under control, and then the guy just turns around and looks at him, you know, and just, uh, then, the, then the video ends. I'd like to see the completion of the pass. Yeah, it was, it's just mind-blowing. You know, it really is, as I say. It's, um, you know, the, 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 the team people work so hard. I mean, it was only, I'm going to say, was it last year or the year before where there was a fatality in Moto2, in, in the Super, in the MotoGP series, so... You know, these guys are all well aware of the risks. And, I mean, it doesn't – you hardly go uh, a race weekend without one of these guys breaking a collarbone or an arm or a leg, yeah. you know, in that series. So, I mean, the, oh, you just – it just defies belief. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, you just got to file that under. What were you thinking, you know? Shows, <laughs> you know so. it, it just shows an enormous amount of disrespect for your fellow competitors. I mean, that's – And the sport and the sport as a whole. Right. That's just – yeah, it's, it's – no room for that. They need to no. need to just kick him out of it and, and once and for all. Yep, yep. All right, well, yep. we are up against the clock. We're out of time. Um, we're actually in a green-white checker now, so um, I won't make a pick for Formula 1 because it's meaningless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, although I wouldn't mind seeing Kimmy win one for Ferrari before he sails off to Sauber. Uh, but I just my, my final thought that uh, really looking forward to the IndyCar season finale. And as always, I'm really going to be sad then that our IndyCar season is over when there's so many great weeks of racing ahead. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I I don't mind the compressed schedule. Uh, I hate that we I hate that we end early, uh, but I think it's been a great car season. And 2019 is looking very bright. I uh, was reading an article. Uh, about uh, from you know autosport.com I believe uh, about the pre for uh, new cars for next year and Delara who produces the cars and they said they've got a lot of orders for next year so we we may be looking at uh, 28 cars on the grid week in and week out in IndyCar and that's a fantastic sign. We um, need about 24. We need about 24 races. Yes, yes, yes. Six, 
Need about six more added to the season. Uh, we're losing. Let's see, we're losing what Sonoma next year. But yeah, we're gaining, picking up uh, Laguna. Yeah, it's still seventeen next year. So, gaining Laguna and Dakota. Where else are they losing? Phoenix. Oh, yes. Yep, yep. Dakota's replacing Phoenix and Laguna's replacing um, Sonoma. But, uh, But, you know, the good thing about the IndyCar schedule, they could still add races even at this late date. Sure, well, not really that late if you think about when, <laughs> how long the off season is. So yeah, they can. Yeah, so, they, they still keep talking like they want to do a couple of international races um, early in the season. But guys, we are we are overtime. So Richard, Gray, I want to thank both you guys. Great show tonight. Um, I want to thank uh, Hoobazoo Radio Network. I want to thank Our Heart Radio. I want to thank all you folks that tune in and listen to us every week. And uh, till next week, enjoy the races. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.